Guys, did I tell you that my house got robbed? Guy stole my calendar. Boy, his day's numbered. Oh, my God. <laughs> Once he hit recording, I knew something was up. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I retire. That's it. I'm out. Next on the College Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby Academy teams playing college teams. Cal getting two wins in one day. NCR Women's All-Star Sevens Tournament Team. NCR All-Star Cameron Taylor. And a thriller between UCLA and Arizona. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's College Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City, Colby Marshall in New Jersey, Zach Lanning in Maine, and Josh Recio in San Francisco. We got the whole globe covered here, guys, pretty much, if, if you just consider the globe to be the United States of America. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to talk a little college rugby. Why not, right? With a sprinkling of different things. We got PR7s. We got a, uh, an academy team out of San Diego. But to get us off the, uh, and on the right foot, let's turn our, to our man in San Francisco on the West Coast with a little D1A, CRAA action, Josh Recio. I never get to go first, so this is, a, this is an exciting time for me. Um, Thanks, Josh. We... Let's go over to <laughs> Colby now. No, just kidding. Go ahead, kid. Uh. Come on. Go ahead. I almost had it. I almost had it. Well, let's start out. Let's keep it out west. So we got UCLA and Arizona. What an atmosphere we had down in Tucson. A broadcast that I might say was definitely in favor of the home crowd. But uh, thank God that Arizona was able to put up a good performance. Down 36 to 22. Sean Duffy definitely was kind of looking at his squad to hopefully get something out of them at the end of the game. And they they delivered. George O'Brien scrum half two tries for Arizona. UCLA just kind of kept making little mistake after little mistake, and Arizona was able to chip away at that lead, coming back and winning on a last-second try. You know, we had mentioned Arizona earlier in the season. We've mentioned UCLA a lot early so far, and, uh, you know, this was a pretty bad game for, you know, UCLA to drop, especially with kind of the games they have coming up in their schedule with St. Mary's and that, you know, matchup again that we talk about with them, the Cows. So Arizona's starting off their year really, really strong. Sean Duffy's got to be really happy. Um, quality performance all around and, uh, you know, one that was definitely good to watch. Also nice to be able to see uh, college rugby games on a broadcast, even if it was in favor of the home crowd. But I think it was like the players themselves of Arizona doing the broadcast or something like that, right? It must have been. They were practically cheering every time UCLA got a penalty, so I would assume it was some of the B-side guys doing the filming. It's almost like having Colby Marshall call Iona games. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Come on. I, I, I got to get a better rep than that. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> or me doing a UB game, University of Buffalo game. Yeah. So it's all. There you go. That's that's come better. on. We are what we are. We wear our hearts on our sleeves. But, you know, there's no shame in losing to a Sean Duffy, Arizona team at home, Josh. No. And I I stand by it. I've been saying it the last two weeks. I like UCLA. And I think before they play St. Mary's, I think it's in two weeks. They're going to play Cal Mary time it's going to be a good game for them to kind of put it all together. I think they're trying to learn a lot. Um, you know, they got some guys that maybe be struggling in some key positions so far, but 
I think they're very close to having some solid performances and going to be able to carry momentum into the bigger games of the season that they have later. So I still have faith in them. I don't think this is going to be too hard of a loss for them to carry. Um, look for US, UCLA to bounce back this week against Cal Maritime. I can't believe you're, you're calling for Harry Bennett's head this early <laughs> in his regime. I mean, he just got, he just got there guy. Just got there. Hey, High expectations when you're coaching the UCLA Oof, Bruins. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, college rugby must be on the rise. If, yeah. we're, if we're already calling for head, we're not, we're only kidding, Harry. We're not calling for your head. We love you. Uh, okay. So there was Cal playing some rugby too, right? Yeah. And you know, before we get into Cal, which Cal can be its own segment every week, it seems uh, just two other games. I wanted to quickly call out Oklahoma was able to take on Texas tech and beat them 65 to nothing. And then we also had St. Mary's beating Life West, another uh, college club beating out a men's club, 54 to 27 for St. Mary's. So, you know, Tim O'Brien clearly uh, enjoyed his interview with us and was able to carry that momentum into this week as they uh, as they, they were able to get that win. You got the rugby wrap up, bunted, uh, bumped it, Tim O'Brien. Right? Should be trademarked these days. All right. What else? So you did have Cal and they didn't have just one victory. No, they had two victories. And let me throw out a stat here for you to start before we even say scores. 28 tries, 23 different players. Two games. I mean, <laughs> that is that you don't need to even know the scores yet to know that there's some big numbers that we're going to be calling out in these two games. So starting out with the college versus college game, Cal versus UC Santa Barbara, 66 to 5. Um, quality win throughout. I mean, you know, props to UC Santa Barbara. I think I think for, you know, the matchup that they had, they played a really solid game. Um, you know, Cal was obviously able to, you know, do whatever they wanted throughout the entire game. They had Alex Bundage was reliable going eight for 10 on conversions. Um, and they weren't always easy conversions, but- well, He know, missed Cal, two. He did miss two. He's only 80%. He's, he's exhausted. Not <laughs> he's, not, he's not legendary on the free throw percentage there, but still quality game. And then to be able to then go into the second game, which can almost be in a story in itself, Cal took on uh, San Diego Legion's U23 Academy team and put on a score that maybe not as shocking for Cal, but definitely um, something, you know, we uh, don't always see in the college rugby field. 120 to nothing, um, Cal was able to beat them after going 73 to nothing at halftime. Tries from all over the field. Marcus Shakelin was going he got 12 for 12 on conversions and oh. also had two tries throughout the day it was a classic cow game i mean you know they they starved the opponent of the ball tim o'brien mentioned that in your in your interview that saint mary's tries to do that just starve their opponent of the ball and cow did exactly that to this legion academy side it was um it was quite a game to watch and i think definitely raises a lot of questions about you know that college rugby towards academy side which is the best way to go if you're trying to play professional rugby in the u.s these are new times we have academy teams for professional clubs in america which we've never had before so it's kind of like a minor league team playing against cal which is like you know the creme de la creme of college rugby so but 100 that, that's a lot of points and that, and that that's a tremendous amount of tries those guys must any they must have been pulling hamstrings and calf muscles just sprinting up and down the pitch but that's that's a good problem to manage i would imagine but is this a good thing anybody want to weigh in on this i mean starting for me i think i've loved 
the MLR draft that we've gotten to see, you know, now over the last couple of years and how that's probably I'm Cal Cal is always going to have superstars. Cal is always going to have people that you can consider on these MLR teams in the future. And MLR teams get so much coverage of these players that, you know, it can be easy for them to get a good reading on them. But um, college programs still offer a great opportunity for, for people that maybe haven't even played rugby before to come onto these college campuses and get that opportunity. And now with that structure of things like the MLR draft, you know, I think you start to see some athletes, um, you know, I'll point out one who I played with at Michigan State, Mike Gieselman, who's playing over on the Utah Warriors, never played rugby before coming to college, but now here he is, he's making a huge impact down for the Warriors. And I think a lot of that has to do with the college game. So, you know, I, I'm a fan of the, of the college route for people, but you know, maybe that will change over the years. I think on, on my University of Buffalo team in the four years that I played, there were maybe two guys that ever had any college, any re- rugby experience prior to college. And, you know, taking it one step further, there were only like two guys that could kick because they played some soccer in high school. But times are changing in a positive way for rugby. Colby, Zach, you guys have anything on the Legion Academy versus Cal? Yeah, for me, you know, I, I'd like to know, you know, how – the academy was close, you know, obviously thinking about a team like Cal, I'm sure there are a bunch of guys that have played together for a while and, you know, had that, that coaching, uh, that, that coaching profile there. I'm just not sure if that was there for the academy. I don't know if it's a real reflection of the talent compared to the academy uh, and at, uh, at the college level. So I guess I just need more information to really make a judgment on nope. that scoreline. Wise, mature man beyond his years. Call me Marshall. How about you, Zach? Yeah, I, I think that there's a couple of things that go through my mind when I see the scoreline like this. You know, uh, I'll just say off the top, I understand the desire for MLR clubs to get their hands on on young players in the in this country at a very young age so that they can kind of teach them the fundamentals at a younger age and don't have to completely rebuild or, you know, build their game when they get to the pro level, as you see with a lot of, you know, pure athletes who, as you guys said, get to college and have never played the game before. You know, sometimes you need that that knowledge of, of the sport and the, and the, you know, the finer points of it uh, at a young age to be able to ascend to much higher levels of the game. But when you see a score like this, uh, and again, I will say also that, you know, the SD Legion Academy team has been around since 2018. That's four years, five years. And Cal's been around for 138 years. So, you know, there's a bit more of a history at the Cal level. The Cal program is much stronger. Uh, but that leads me to my point that, you know, it, is that something that the MLR team should be taking into account? There's clearly a system in this country that's in place to develop talent. And you have strong historic programs like Cal and St. Mary's that are at this point 120 points better than an academy team, you know, that could be set up. And I understand that it's going to take some time for these academy programs to develop and to have young players kind of matriculate through that system. And it definitely works in Europe, uh, as you see a lot of young talent that is now playing in the Six Nations coming up. A lot of these guys obviously came through academy programs. But does MLR really have the time to wait for these academy programs to close that 120 point gap or should they rather, or would they rather work with these college programs, maybe start younger with high school programs and, and work with the existing structure that's already in place in the U S which is that talent pipeline that works for every other sport, which is youth, high school, college, the pros, you know, I think that MLR should really consider this uh, before they start investing a lot, a lot of money into these Academy programs. All right. Well, that was an astute, well thought out response. I'm not used to that because I don't have those. So kudos to you, my friend. But, you know, uh, segueing 
to Colby and Premier Sevens, which is another potential pathway like an academy or actually college teams, if you're if you're looking at the results and the scores, to a major league rugby or professional career. So this is another kind of professional code of rugby that people can tap into, and it's PR7s, Premier Rugby 7s. Tell us about it, Colby. Yeah, it definitely is, man. And it's got a lot of people buzzing, I have to say. As you can see, I'm wearing a nice polo that I got from Watson Filikatonga, who played for the experts in the first Premier Rugby sevens league back in October of last year. And now we know that there's going to be a, a multi-city season this year. We don't know the dates for that season, but we do know that the first open trial for that season is going to take place on February 20th in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, Premier League, uh, Premier Rugby Sevens League, it's a league sanctioned by USA Rugby. And so, like you mentioned, it's going to have, um, it's going to give young players pathways and a national platform that can lead to the USA Eagles and opportunities for the national team. I mean, we saw Logan Tago play for the US Sevens team over in Spain uh, just a couple of days ago after going absolutely bonkers in the first Premier Rugby League Sevens tournament in October. And so, you know, when you think about guys like that you know logan's only 24 he had the opportunity to play for the national team after putting on a great showing and it's just it's going to give a whole bunch of other players that opportunity and so i'm really excited for what it might bring this year in 2022 and colby just just full disclosure you're not the only one wearing a shirt that was given to him by someone special today i'm wearing the tri-state vikings shirt from the ncr all-star weekend Courtesy of Dave Chapman, the head coach who's out of Colgate, and uh, his guy, Nick Denyer, because he had a guy to get me the T-shirt. And his guy is Nick Denyer, New York Rugby Club legend. I like how it matches your blazer. And, and it makes my eyes pop. But let's not continue on that path. Let's take a quick break <laughs> and come back with Cameron Taylor. Selling or trading in your vehicle? She makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy.com. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Mr. Cameron Taylor to the show. Cameron, you and I met down in Houston while you were there in the All-Star Weekend representing your college, mm -hmm. Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Yes, Is that right? IUP. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, and sir. Uh, aside from sustaining an injury that I basically sustained the same exact injury, my wife is from Indiana, Pennsylvania. So we had we had it going. We had some, we had some yeah, synergy yeah. going there, my friend. But – I wanted to check in with you and see how the surgery went, how the leg is. Yeah, the um, surgery went pretty well. I mean, uh, I wanted to come back home because I obviously don't live in Houston, and I have we have pretty good medicine in Pittsburgh. So uh, my coach helped me out. Um, he he uh, advised me to a couple of doctors. He let me pick the one I wanted. And they told me, he was like, we're going to get done. You're taken care of. So you put a plate. It was just my tibia. Um, they put a plate and three screws in it. Um, I got it braced up in a splint right now. But uh, I feel great, honestly, because um, I've torn I tore my ACL. So I know what it's like to have surgery. I know what it's like to go through the, the process with everything. So 
for right now, I'm actually just like, I'm super excited to just get the actual boot because this splint is so itchy, it's crazy. But um, besides that, uh, surgery went great. Um, I didn't have a lot of pain, it was very minimal. Uh, not too much to complain about. And I'm just I'm excited to get back out there, to be honest. So, Cam, I want to tell people who you are, actually. you Your hometown is Natrona Heights, Pennsylvania? Yes, sir. Excellent. And you chose Indiana University of Pennsylvania, IUP. Indiana, is Indiana, Pennsylvania is the home of Jimmy Stewart and my wife. So that's two celebrities of sorts, right? <laughs> Majoring in psychology, 2018 high school all-state all-star, 2019 state champion, 2021 conference all-conference flanker, and 2022 collegiate rugby all-star, where we met at the NCR all-star games down in Houston. How long did you play before you got the injury? Uh, in the tournament, literally 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I got in my first 10 minutes, and that was it. Oh, oh I, man! I, and like in my mind, like I'm like, oh my god! I'm like I'm playing like this is this time. I'm excited, and the first half walked and went good because I like hitting. That's my aspect. I'm gonna, you're, I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna hit you. You're gonna feel it. Second hit, I just knew it's like I didn't even realize I broke it until I looked down at it, and it was just dangling there. And I was like, oh my goodness! Like this yeah. is not, this is not good. Well, I, I could tell that you're going to be fine, and it was great seeing you at the dinner on Saturday night. I know it got it lifted up the spirits of just about everybody in that room, and it was all the teams together. Great, great part, great, great to be part of history, even if it was only ten minutes. And we know that we'll see you in rugby circles again, Cameron Taylor. Great talking to you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that was Cameron Taylor of IUP, and we'll be right back after this. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. That's good beer. And we are back. But before we continue talking to rugby, guys, we have our Sheehy Auto Stores pop-up quiz of the day. And this one is going to be a little bit out of the realm of rugby, it's going to be about politics. And I want each one of you to uh, not blurt out the answer, but we'll go around. And I'm going to ask you specifically a question. Who is the current governor of New York? Zach? I know who it is, uh, but I just can't remember her name. Um, oh, well, that's not good on a game show or a pop-up quiz. <laughs> Can I phone a friend? Josh? even have a governor right now? I feel like... You just operate on your own. All you need is like, you need like one person that handles everything out of New York Let's City. not filibuster. Let's answer the question. I don't know. I have no clue. And Colby. Kathy Hochul. What was the name? Ka Catherine Hochul. We'll go. Judges. Kath 
Catherine Hochul? We can accept the answer. And Colby Marshall Yay! working his way back into the standings on the Sheehy Auto Stores pop-up quiz of the day. All right, guys, we're back. We just had Cameron Taylor on. Uh, unfortunately, he had that injury, but he's in good spirits and he's a good guy, and he'll be bouncing back because that IUP product. Uh, but we were also talking NCR when we, we took the break because I was wearing this shirt from the NCR All-Star Men's Tournament that Cam was in. And you are going to talk a little NCR Women's Sevens All-Stars. That's right, guys. They just put out the tournament uh, team for that tournament, the all-tournament team. So seven How many times could you D1. say the word tournament? Tournament. tournament. It was a tournament to, of all tournaments to end all tournaments. Uh, so I, I, I just love saying that word tournament. Um, but it was there were two, two, two uh, divisions in that tournament, a D1 squad and a small college squad, as we mentioned on the last show. And I will say, if you watch that last show, you're going to hear a lot of familiar names uh, from people that I brought up that impressed me. So are there any talent scouts, evaluators, clubs looking for anybody who has a good eye? You know, I, I picked out a lot of these players that they've mentioned on here. So not trying to toot my own horn, but. Uh, I did a pretty good job. There were a few people. Do the I did this, horn though. sound effect. <laughs> As good. the editor, I'll also make sure to put that in uh, at some point in this. So, but I, I will say that you know they're on the D one side. Seven names. There are a couple of people that I did miss, um, but the first player off the top, Izzy Robinson, is someone who I did not miss. And it is difficult to miss her because she's so good on the field, uh, so much talent that she brings to the game, and she's all over the place on on the ball, uh, creating for that team. Sophia Nieves uh, from Middlebury College and Gabby Dispenza from St. Bonaventure are two players that I missed. Uh, they had great tournaments for the Upstate New York squad and South Atlantic squad, respectively. Um, and so, you know, their, their play really stood out amongst others. Then you had the University of Northern Iowa pair on the Midwest team, Maggie Burns and Sierra Sanderson Edwards, both players who I thought really stood out um, in, in, their, in their tournament as well. Sierra Sanderson Edwards, one of the fastest players I've ever seen play. And Julia Norwood and Abigail Kennard, Texas teammates, Texas, the champions of that tournament on the D1 side, uh, both amazing. I, I did not shout out Abigail Kennard on, on the show last week, uh, but Julia Norwood really had a great tournament. And Abigail Kennard, actually the tournament MVP. So uh, my apologies to Abigail, but that rounds out your top seven players on the D1 side. Well done, my friend. Well done. And just in case it's not abundantly clear before you continue, Zach, Tooting your own horn is absolutely accepted here on, on the College Rugby Wrap-Up, guys. I mean, if it's not abundantly clear already. But continue, Zach. That's what I figured. That's good. Yeah, we should do that more, guys, all around, I think. Um, but we will uh, we'll work on that going forward. Uh, but on the small college side, uh, some names that I missed. Kara Whalen from Denison University, Ohio Valley, uh, and Ari Blosh from SUNY Brockport, two players who made that all-sevens team. Uh, but the one player that really stood out to me that I did make uh, and that also made the list, Eden Liebenthal from the University of South Dakota, was really all over the place, uh, had a great tournament. She made this list. Um, Amanda Williams, who I tweeted out a clip of a run that she had during that tournament where she, I think she beat seven out of seven defenders on the pitch, uh, had a great tournament herself as well. Claire Engman from Northern Michigan University um, and Hannah Plotkin from Shippensburg University, also solid. Uh, and Hannah Plotkin's teammate, Sierra Sharkey, who had the best name of the tournament, also made the All-Sevens uh, tournament as well on the small college side. Well, nicely done, Zach. What else we got, guys? We just got uh, final thoughts on the show. I think we, we pretty much covered all we wanted to do this week. Uh, Colby, why don't we go around with you first? Yeah, just a reminder, Iona contributes to winning. You know, experts won the PR7s. Uh, in October, Watson for the Katonga was on that team, gave me this nice polo, also gave me some fire Giltini shorts, who won the MLR championship. Iona contributes to winning, just a reminder. 
boy, he is he is easy to buy, isn't he? That's good. That's <laughs> what we we're all easy, folks. Just send us merchandise. Josh? No, man, I think I have sent you merchandise and I never see it worn on the show. So might be time for some of the stuff I've been giving you to uh, get its moment of the show. How dare you? First of all, this is the COVID studio. The the other studio, pre-COVID, always had the battle for the mitten shirt hanging. So I'll accept your apology in the form of one hundred merchandise. <laughs> and merchandise. Uh, Zach? Yeah, just just say that I am also open to be bought very much so. I will anything you want to send to me, uh, I will accept and uh, will mention on the show uh, at all. Uh, I also tried to wear some Holy Cross gear tonight on the show, but it didn't really go with the background. So my apologies <laughs> to the Crusader. But. Maybe a little envelope here and there, folks. That's all we're saying. A little envelope. Nice. Doesn't have to be thick. It could be medium. Medium envelope. Nice. Under I'm from tail. Jersey. I get it. Yeah. It's, so am I. And Colby's chosen to live there. <laughs> I've chosen to live here. And I'm just going to add that Major League Rugby kicks off on Saturday, which is pretty exciting. And uh, it looks like all systems to go for all clubs. And on that note, I want to thank you for your contributions, uh, your stellar contributions. Thank you, Josh Recio. Thank you, Colby Marshall. Thank you, Zach Landing. I'm Matt McCarthy. And thank you for tuning in. Please sign up for our weekly newsletter and please check out our other shows, including our Major League Rugby recap preview show and the rugby odds where we tell you how to bet major league rugby and please 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 sign up for our rugby wrap-up american red cross blood donor team